1: Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I am the ferryman.
3: In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale.
4: I don't know who
5: got to Kennedy first.
3: And the devastation those first bombs cost. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Listen to The Passage now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. It contains strong language and depictions of bullying, violence, and sexual assault that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Also, this is an extremely immersive experience, and headphones are recommended. You're listening to the Manawak Caves, a production of iHeartRadio, Blumhouse Television, and Psychopia Pictures.
4: 11 a.m. I'm sitting in a gas station parking lot. I don't remember coming here. I swear I was being attacked like by a swarm of bats, and I, I know I saw the driver's side window crack when a bat hit it. I know I saw that, but the window is fine now. Not even a hairline fracture. There's a brown paper bag with a 12 pack of beer sitting in the passenger seat of my car. No idea how it got there. I recognize this gas station. Yes, I do, it's near Tyler's place, which means I must've decided to drive out here and talk to him in person. Maybe stay the night. Explains the beer.
6: Wilson Repair Services. Leave a message and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thanks and have a great day.
4: Hey man, it's Julian. Listen, I'm taking you up on your offer to let me stay at your place for a few. The motel ain't exactly working out. If it's cool, I'm actually heading over there now. Probably best for us to talk in person anyway. I got out of the car walked to the door it was already open so I just walked in
1: Tyler I know you're to that
4: Tyler but Tyler was gone Oh, my God. I think he was the quiet one. He wore this silver cross around his neck like a flashy reminder of the inequities of life. Like some people can be as sadistic as they please with no consequences.
7: A ghost in the mirror.
4: The of hell dancing in your eyes. Did I pass? I guess you know what you're looking better than you used to could.
0: Dancing in your eyes. I thought you were maybe in town for the big show. But to see your old buddy James Venture get the jab. It's gonna be quite the spectator's part.
2: You don't understand.
4: I had to come back. Well you should have resisted that urge.
7: The beasts of doubt tear at your mind Feel a trail of blood like the curse you wear
4: To leave me behind You're playing with fire here You have no idea what you're messing with It's not just for me I'm trying to do the right thing here For Finch, I'm trying to help him fucking
6: late for that, don't you think?
0: Then, of course, there's
4: witness testimony from one of his own classmates that James Fincher had Deacon Hadley's necklace, a silver crucifix, in his possession the day after the boys went missing. And this
5: witness described what appeared to be bloodstains on that crucifix.
4: Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the defense is a charade. There is no doubt as to who killed Thomas and Deacon Hadley. The murderer sits before you in this very room. August 8th, 11, 11 p.m. My mind is, uh, playing tricks on me. Feels like I'm lost in a house of mirrors. The blackouts and the nightmares are happening more frequently. I'm, uh, I'm really scared. Right now, I'm sitting on a bench at the Oakview Cemetery where my mother and father are buried. I can see their graves from here, right up there in that hill. I know I owe him a visit, but I guess I'm not ready for that yet. (sighs) This is close enough for now. I don't know how long I've been here or how I got here. I assume my car is around somewhere, but the last thing I remember, I was at Dina's house. Joe Campbell was there, too. And Fincher's defense attorney, LeBlanc. But a lot has happened since then. I just don't know what. (laughs) I remember I went to Tyler's, and I found his house all smashed up. What the fuck? Okay, um... According to my log, that was on the 6th, two days ago. I don't remember pressing record. And yet, I feel like it's all here, somehow. In this recording, I made at Tyler's place. This is the epicenter. Ground Zero for the fog and the ghost, and maybe Tyler himself holds the key to unlock the truth, wherever he is. Now, I've played it back three times already. I'm searching for something. What am I missing? Tyler?
5: Tyler, you here? Stop! Go
4: on. Come on. Get out of here. Get the hell out of here. Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, so i sixth get six to uh, 2, 2, 13 a.m. I'm at Tyler's cabin out off Route 26. He invited me. I didn't break in. Okay. I want that on record. I didn't break in. The door was already unlocked when I got here. That's normal around here. I mean, I let myself in when he didn't answer and I didn't think, hell, the TV was still on, okay? There seems to be signs of a, uh, sign of a struggle. His coffee table is knocked over. There's broken glass everywhere. It smells like gunpowder. Looks like he was eating just, like, snacks or whatever, and I ch- there's chips all over the floor, which is what I imagine the possum was after. The bookshelf against the wall is is broken. The shelves are all smashed up, and everything that was on them, like books and little knickknacks and, and whatnot, are all over the place. Is that a... There's a shotgun shell. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh, holy shit. What the fuck? So, um... There's blood. It's everywhere. I I didn't even see it when I got in here. How did I not see it? I got blood on me. It's all... There's blood all over my shirt sleeve. All over my shirt sleeve. It took me a solid three minutes of hyperventilating before I realized the blood I was covered in was my own. Most of it, at least. I was so distraught at the state of Tyler's Cabin that I didn't even notice that I cut my wrist on a shard of glass from the coffee table when I rolled it over. That's when I got dizzy. These uh, episodes, they're happening more often. Less time in between attacks. This one started with a sound banging on glass coming from somewhere in the back of Tyler's house. So I followed it, expecting to find someone or something like knocking on a window or something. There was nothing. But the knocking didn't stop, and I realized it wasn't coming from the windows at all. It was coming from the bathroom. I followed it, but the bathroom was empty too. And I realized it wasn't glass from a window I was hearing being banged on. It was the glass from the bathroom mirror. I opened the medicine cabinet, and the whole thing was, like moved like it was loose on its frame. I pulled it all out from the wall and found myself staring into this dark void on the other side of the mirror. And then one of them hit me in the face, a bat, and the swarm followed. An ocean of flying rodents funneling through the back of Tyler's medicine cabinet, looking for an outlet to go pursue their nightly feeding. They had gathered in clumps, taking positions on the curtain rod, hanging upside down, staring at me. Then, one by one, they started hissing. I turned and I looked into the darkness behind the mirror. Then I crawled through the hole. I found myself standing on familiar ground. I was back in the fucking cave and I greeted their depths like an old friend. And I heard a terrifying voice coming from somewhere behind me. It was Deacon Hadley. Words I, I, I couldn't make out, words echoing off the wet cave walls. So I walked deeper in and then I heard his voice cut short. Next thing I knew, I was back in the bedroom I grew up in, just like before. And so was the gray man, decayed and rasping, bent and rotting in the shadows. Not sure how long I was gone or exactly when I came back. But when I regained my consciousness, I was sitting neatly on the floor at Tyler's place. And the cut on my hand had already started clotting over. Just like before, and just like now, I don't remember the events themselves. How I ended up where I did, I only remember the nightmare. I hauled myself up off the ground, made my way half-conscious to my car, and I drove myself, yes, one-handed, to the hospital for stitches. Of course, once I was there, they wanted to know how I got cut. I thought about lying. I slipped on a rock, was clumsy with a table saw, got too confident pitting an avocado. But I knew my blood was all over Tyler's living room floor at this point, mixed with whatever other blood was already there. If it didn't look like a crime scene before I got there, it sure as hell did after. So I went ahead and I filed a formal report.
3: Julian, how you doing, son? Fine.
4: I kept my recorder going when I went into the sheriff's station, where I was reunited with Sheriff Kirby Hooper. He looks old now. Pale. Gaunt. Sheriff, I want to file a missing person's report for Tyler Wilson.
5: Uh, Ah. Now, people disappear all the time, Julian. What makes you think Tyler is missing?
4: Signs of a struggle at his house. Signs of a struggle? I'm just telling you what I saw. It looked to me like there had been a struggle. And what were you doing in his house? Well, he invited me. Why does anyone go to anyone's house? There's no need to get defensive. I'm not. We just need to find him.
5: My job is to find answers and if your friend is missing that brings up a lot of questions Why don't we start with you telling me what you know if memory served me correctly You've been quite helpful in giving me the answers that
2: I needed in the past
4: Son of a bitch all but admitted to coercion as if I'm not already painfully fucking aware. If he had just come out and said it, we would have probably had everything we needed to get Finch off death row. But he knew better. Sheriff Hooper may be a shit heel, but he's cautious, unlike the rest of his boys in Brown. What happened next was all a bit of a shit show. fine, finest stampeded into Tyler's house, touching everything knocking shit over if there was any evidence in there as to what happened to tyler it was all immediately tainted by idiot cops who have not been properly trained on how to preserve a crime scene one rookie officer right out of high school even started cleaning up the place or maybe it wasn't even stupidity maybe it was just made to look like stupidity i mean it wasn't exactly in hooper's interest to take any action that might reopen the hadley murder case Those cops did come away with one interesting find, however. Though I'm not really sure how I feel about it yet. A necklace. The necklace. A small cross, a crucifix, hanging from a silver chain. May not have seemed too odd to your average passerby, but to anyone who knew Tyler, well, Tyler was an outspoken atheist. Probably the only one in Manawa County. That cross didn't belong to him, but it did look awfully familiar. In fact, anybody who has lived in the area long enough would probably have recognized it. If not from the gaudy chain, then from the initials etched into the back of it. D.H. I remember that necklace. I used to sit behind Deacon Hadley in physics class, and I remember staring at that exact chain pressed into the pink, freckled skin on the back of his neck. I remember thinking it was ironic that someone who took such joy in the torment of others flaunted a symbol of faith and compassion so publicly. There was no doubt as to who the necklace belonged to. There was no doubt it was the infamous missing necklace that Dooley Tapper testified about under oath in James Fincher's trial. And what did James Fincher say to you that day?
0: Well, Sir, <clears throat> he kind of bragged about it, about knowing where they was at. Where or who was at? Thomas and Deacon Hadley, sir. Uh, said he knew what had happened to them.
3: And what did he say happened to them?
0: Said that it was for him to know and for everyone else to find out. Said they would, too find out, sir. Soon enough, he said it. He said it.
4: And did you believe him?
0: Honestly, not really. At least not until he showed me the cross. The cross? It was the silver cross with Jesus crucified, the one deacon always wore. Fincher dangles it in front of me says, that's what happens when you mess with the Finchers. And tells me I'll end up same if I don't leave him be. His sister, too. He says I better keep my mouth shut, too.
3: Or what? Go on, son.
0: Or he'd kill me. They
4: never proved that Finch had Deacon's necklace. It was never found, but the missing crucifix necklace received significant press attention during the trial. So, what the hell was the silver necklace doing in Tyler's bathroom cabinet? Randomly, Tyler Wilson goes missing, and Deacon Hadley's cross is discovered in his house less than a week before James Fincher's execution. Being the Dooley Tapper was the cop that found it, rumors are already spreading faster than skunk wind. People around town are speculating, and tensions are high.
5: <laughs> well, just look at this. Standing room only.
4: I get it. The town needs somewhere to turn. For answers, for comfort. And of course, Reverend Perkins has seized the opportunity.
5: Oh, that's fine. All right, all right, y'all. Settle in now. Now, I know why it's been so long since some of you have been in here. And don't you worry. Just because you wandered a field, that doesn't mean you've strayed from the flock. I know that. God knows that. But I also know why you've chosen to come back today. It's because you're afraid. And of course you are. Thomas and Deacon Hadley joined the Lord 14 years ago this past May but the Lord truly does work miracles giving each and every one of us the strength the power through him to carry on to keep the faith to know that God is cradling those boys in his kingdom safe and sheltered from the debauchery and sins of mankind on earth but now now we are reminded And it's hard to not assume the worst, that the devil has been living amongst us all this time. Well, I have news for you. He has. He has been living among us. And he is still here, walking among us. The Bible tells us, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Now you say to me, but Reverend, I, d- I thought we caught the devil's servant. James Fencher is riding away on death row for murder, and to that I say, thank the Lord. But lo, even with James Fencher's execution right around the corner, the devil has made his presence known again. He has slithered into our midst, intent on causing further harm to our faithful community, sowing his seeds of doubt and working to upend justice. The devil is cunning. He is a trickster. Are we so arrogant as to believe he could not outsmart us? Consider with me, folks, that someone was working behind James Fincher that night so long ago. And consider that he may still be freely walking amongst us. Because what is happening here and now to our proud little town is the devil's work you'd better believe that it's the devil's work and y'all know that the devil works hard
4: the town has lost its collective shit after that sermon an authority figure in the community is now telling everyone outright to be afraid he's taken the vague suspicions that were swimming around in people's heads and he solidified them into the threat of a killer on the loose in their own backyard. The boogeyman is still out there, folks. You could end up just like those boys. You will end up just like those boys. Repent your sins and pay the church. God will protect you if you open your wallet and follow those in power. And the people they're eating it up. Hooper isn't going to object. Even in his heyday, he was always in Perkins' pocket, but now... Kirby Hooper's an old dog. He doesn't have the stamina to run two laps around the sheriff's station, let alone track down a killer. So why not let Reverend Perkins do the heavy lifting, hmm? If Perkins can scare up the town good enough, convince them to start thinking irrationally, pointing fingers at one another, well, Hooper can do exactly like he did with James Fincher. Sit back and wait for the town to tell him who to put away. No actual detective work needed. Hell, this whole thing is a blessing. Hooper's approval rating will go through the roof come next election. He'll rake in the dough while sitting back and getting fatter. Working the system at its finest. New message.
0: Julian, it's Ian. Ian Spanx, Pottsville Post. I want to let you know
4: we are running a piece on the Tyler Wilson investigation as a sidebar to the Fincher execution story. I understand you were the last one to visit Tyler before his, um, disappearance, I think they're calling it. Anyway, I just wanted to let you know that we are mentioning you, and uh, we'd like to include any comments that uh, you'd like to put in there as well. So, yeah, just get back to me when you can. Oh yeah, in the meantime, I'm still working on that interview tape you asked from me. Uh, you know, the one with uh, Detective Smith.
1: Message deleted. Next message sent to, next message sent to Julian.
8: I, I have Joe Campbell and our defense attorney, Mr. Blaine, coming over tonight at 7. They have a statement for you to sign. The rest of you could just name it.
7: Call me back.
4: Dina Fincher. She's small. But you couldn't pay me to get on her bad side. She's got a fire in her that burns hotter than any hell Perkins could dream of. So when she says to call her right back, you do. We met up about an hour after she left that message back at her house. Problem is, by the time I got there, I was already becoming unstable again.
7: Well, you don't look so hot, Julian. Just saying.
4: I've had better weeks. How are you holding up, Dina?
7: Well, between them putting me back
8: on the graveyard shift at work, a sick dog whose vet bills I can't afford, and my delinquent son sneaking out every night while I'm working, just lovely. But frankly, Julian, just how my disposition is situated right now don't matter. Only thing that matters is saving my brother's life, you feel me?
4: Uh, yeah, of course, I, I only met- Get you anything? I'm okay, thanks.
7: How about you, Jill? No, I'm fine, thanks.
4: Um, I'm just gonna set this on the table if that's okay.
8: Come on in, Mr. LeBlanc. This is Julian Salas.
6: Oh, this is Julian. Good. I was hoping you'd be joining us today. Well, when Dina Fincher calls, you pick up. I'm glad you've decided to officially (coughs) join our defense team. Whatever you need, you just let me know. What we need is your signature. I've already prepared a letter on your behalf. I'm bound legally to let you know that the language here is suggested, so take a minute and read it over, but if you can sign it... Yeah, no, sure, of course. I'm I'm happy to make any edits. Uh, Dina, do you have a printer?
8: No.
4: All right, that's okay. I have one in the card. Ed LeBlanc, a tall, tired-looking man in his 60s, long gray hair, white shirt, and a well-worn linen suit like a Southern William Kunstler. The plan was to petition a higher court to intervene and hopefully order the lower court, or maybe Manowoc County District Attorney, to review James Fincher's case on the grounds that the key witness's testimony had been coerced. That key witness... It was me. I had to publicly state that my deposition 14 years ago was false. Julian, you okay? Yeah, I just... Can I um, can I get that water? Jimmy can get it. Jimmy! Dina,
6: has the press reached out? Just the usual stuff? Yeah, but nothing about this Tyler Wilson business? No, what Tyler Wilson business? Julian hasn't told you? I, I just got
4: here, actually. Told me what? <clears throat> well... I went out to visit Tyler at his place but when I got there it was all smashed up. Looks like a forced entry. And Tyler was nowhere to be found. I reported it.
7: Looks like it may have been foul play. What's this got to do with my brother? The sheriff's office came out to Tyler's home to investigate and they found something.
6: The necklace. What necklace? The one that belonged to Deacon Hadley.
8: Silver crucifix?
6: Yes. The one they never found.
7: Yeah, I'm familiar. So what's this all mean? Well, it may be enough to throw James's criminal trial into question, which
6: could trigger a postponement of the execution. Seriously, we can file a claim of new evidence.
7: What does that do exactly? Okay, the law
6: allows any individual convicted of a crime to move the court to overturn their sentence based upon a claim of newly discovered evidence.
7: So, if we can argue that the necklace clearly points to Tyler Wilson, it raises new questions.
6: It certainly creates reasonable doubt about James's guilt, or if he acted alone, wait. and so on. But it's not whoa, whoa, easy whoa, to Wait a minute! Teaching.
4: You don't think Tyler really did it, though, do you?
8: Well, somebody sure as hell did.
4: Yeah, but his house was all smashed up. There was blood everywhere. Something happened to Tyler. What right? happened Something- to him
8: is irrelevant, as far as I'm concerned. It's how much responsibility he has for all this, and he ain't here to rebut anything, so... it, it
4: can't be serious.
8: Deacon Hadley's <laughs> necklace was found in his house. That's evidence.
4: Evidence of what?
8: How the hell else did he get that necklace, Julian?
4: There's any number of ways that he could end it up at Tyler's house.
8: Uh-huh. And what kind of person keeps them kind of things anyway? I'll tell you what kind. Parents and murderers.
4: Suddenly, it's now on me, on my shoulders, to implicate Tyler in an effort to save Finch, like I have to choose between the two. I can correct the thing that triggered all of my self-loathing and bad decisions that the past 14 years has wrought, but only if I start the process over again by doing now exactly what I did then, point at an innocent man and call him guilty. There's no relief from my past. It's just... An opportunity for me to repeat it—a never-ending loop of ruining lives—and in doing so, destroying my own. Sitting there in Dina's living room, I was trapped. Just a, hold on a minute. I couldn't breathe. How do you know that someone didn't plant it? Dually Tapper, or, or somebody could have broken in, knocked him out. Or whatever, and then planted the necklace before taking him wherever they took him. Seriously, Julian? But what if it's true? What if me showing back up in town, poking around in the shit, made somebody nervous? What if that person needed to find a scapegoat? Can I please... Can I please get some water?
7: Jimmy! There's something else, though, Julian. Tyler was seen on Friday, the morning after you went to his place. Where? Riverbend Maximum Security Institution in Nashville apparently paid a visit to James. We don't know why. Hey, look.
6: Tensions are high.
4: And this oh. time, it was like the fog waited until I was in a room with other people. Like it knew we had important business to attend to. Like some invisible hand was choking the life out of me. Jesus. Did you me? So I wouldn't be able to do what I was there to do. You okay? What I was in Manowoc to do. What I had spent the last half of my life needing to do. I was sweating. My vision was swimming and my heart rate was through the roof. Okay. And it was all overshadowed by this impending sense of doom. I'm sorry, I, I don't know if I can do this right now. Well,
8: when the hell did you want to do it, Julian? After my brother's murdered by the state? <coughs>
7: hold on a minute. Jimmy!
4: I felt like somebody had sucked all the air out of me.
3: <laughs>
4: but then it got worse. <laughs> Here you go, Julian. What? It wasn't Jimmy who walked into the room. It was Tyler. Casual as you please, and he handed me a glass of water. Man, it's a good thing you didn't show up at my house any sooner than you did, huh? (laughs) I turned to look back at the other people at the table. They weren't there either. But in their places sat Finch at the head of the table. Where Dina was supposed to be. And Jill and LeBlanc were replaced by none other than Deacon and Thomas Happy themselves. In all of their bloody, eviscerated glory. Rotten and disemboweled. Smiling wide. Some of their teeth still intact. The gang was all there. And that was it.
2: Go to lifelock.com slash iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at lifelock.com slash iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. I don't understand what the big fat ones are.
0: You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? Yes.
1: This is a show about women. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Beauty Translated Season 3 is coming soon with... What? A second host? I'm Carmen Laurent, and this season, I am joined full-time by world-renowned Janie Danger. Janie, what are we talking about in season three? We're talking about life, Carmen. Beauty Translate is about the many fragmented lives spreading across this rich tapestry of the trans experience. Janie, this sounds like an all-new format. Podcasting 2 is finally here. Thoughtful perspectives on current events... Stunning, sexy, bold interviews with an all star lineup of guests. And the all new Beauty Translated Love Line, the first ever. Be a part of the Beauty Translated Transcendental Podcasting Experience by calling our helpline at 678 561 2785. For any problem you may have, we will do our best to make it worse. Listen to Beauty Translated Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye! Bye!
2: Julian? God damn
8: it, Julian. <laughs> What's wrong with him? Jimmy, out! Did you see him drop? I wonder what
7: happened to him. Must be dropped. Jimmy, get out now! Should I call an ambulance? Look, he's awake. <sighs>
3: what?
8: Julian, you back with us now? Julian!
7: Whoa. Geez. I think we should on. stay lying down. <laughs> Damn it! Julian! Julian, where are you going? Julian, I don't think it's a good idea to go anywhere. Julian! I don't
3: remember getting
4: up, I don't remember walking out of Dina's house, I don't know how I got here, it's just, it's too much to process. It's too much. I I can't hold it all in my head anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm slipping farther and farther, losing bigger chunks of time. Between my sleep deprivation and these blackouts, my brain's all twisted and stuttering. I can't get my thoughts out right. Jesus. (coughs) Jesus. <coughs> Hello.
8: You have a collect call from the Riverbend Maximum Security Institution. Will you accept the charges? Yes. This call will be recorded and monitored. Please stand by.
3: In Julia.
4: Hey, Finch.
3: I need you to come visit me.
7: in the mirror And the hounds of hell dancing in your eyes Dancing in your eyes
3: The Manowoc Caves stars Jonathan Tucker as Julian Solace, Eddie Gathegi as James Fincher, Clark Peters as Detective Solomon Smith, Nick Searcy as Sheriff Kirby Hooper, Justin Wellborn as Tyler Wilson. Jill Jane Clements as Jill Campbell Brad Carter as Dooley Tappert Scott Poitras as Reverend Perkins Samantha Ashley as Dina Fincher Justin Matthew Smith as Paul Solis Tara Oakes as Laura Solis Jonathan Horn as Deacon Hadley Alden Karanovich as Thomas Hadley Mike W. Anderson as Griff Washington Bodie Welteroth as Jimmy Fincher Brian McClure as Ian Spinks Larry Clark as Bobby Hadley Peyton Fallis as Ed LeBlanc, Vic Polizas as William Fowler, Nick Tikoski as Richard Rydell, and Aileen Loy as The Darkness. With additional performances by Clint McGowan, Dina Dill, Edward Howard, Henry Foster Brown, Jamie Joseph, Juan Mansalves, Christopher Curry, Bailey Heineman, David Mitchell, and Bernard Sotaro Clark. Created by Connell Byrne and Dan Bush. Written by Dan Bush. Zoe Cooper, and Nicholas Tikoski, featuring our theme song, Killer Inside, written, produced, and performed by Lira Lynn. Our executive producers are Matt Frederick, Alexander Williams, Michael Monti, and Courtney Dufries. Our executive producers at Blumhouse Television are Jeremy Gold, Chris Dickey, and Noah Feinberg. Produced by Dan Bush. Music by Ben Lovett. Additional music by Alexander Rodriguez. Edited by Dan Bush. Chris Childs, Stephen Perez, and David Chen. Sound design by Benjamin Balcom. Additional sound design by Alexander Rodriguez. Dialogue editing and sound mixing by Juan Campos. Recorded at Studio Awesome in Los Angeles. Soundbite Studio in Atlanta. And Echo Mountain in Asheville. Casting by Sunday Bowling Kennedy and Meg Mormon. Our dialect coach is Linda Bassesti. Assistant director, Michael Monte. Second assistant director, script supervisor, and production coordinator, Sarah Klein, supervising producer Josh Thane. Special thanks to Mary Ellen and Jason Davis, Jonathan Dieter, and Joe Rickman. The Menowah Caves is a production of iHeart Radio, Blumhouse Television, and Psychopia Pictures.
1: Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I am the ferryman.
3: In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale.
5: I don't know who got to Kennedy first.
3: And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Listen to The Passage now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever
2: you listen to your favorite shows.